Well, hello everybody, Treks and Trekkers, all you lovely nerds. Welcome, welcome to a very special edition of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am your host as ever, Captain Goodwill, and I am joined by my rather lovely velour-clad science officer, Sinoise. And this week, oh my gosh, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, author, writer, content producer, and just all-round Trekkie, one of the most famous Trekkies, I would probably say. We are joined by Sean Ferrick. Hello, Sean. <laughs> Not to big uh, you up at all, or yeah. anything like that. Oh my God. What, what, what an intro. Um... I am I am definitely not one of the most famous Trekkies. Um, there was that lady in America who attended a trial in full Starfleet uniform. <laughs> that is like that's amazing. <laughs> I have yet to be either asked to be on jury duty or charged with a felony. So you know, I'm, still time. Uh, right, still <laughs> exactly, exactly. But thank you so much for having me. Um, this is already so much fun. So thank oh. you so much. Our it is our pleasure, Sean. Um, first and foremost, I think we're all going to ask Graham, have you slept this week, and how are you? <laughs> have I slept this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit Good. crazy just being like when someone goes like, "Oh, are you are you busy this week?" and I'm like, "Nah, not really." And then you're like, "Although <laughs> and then you're like, that two hours I had on the sofa at one point, and you're like, oh, this is heaven." Well, anyway. Uh, he is no, the, I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, I'm over the pain that I was having last week and stuff, and I've got a crazy Eurovision party to do tomorrow yes. that I developed an app for, which <laughs> needs to be fully tested, but should be good. Fingers crossed. He Fingers says optimistically. Uh, but no, it should be great. I'm doing well, and I'm just excited to be here with you too. Oh, absolutely fan-dabby-dozy. Like I said, we are here to interview the lovely Sean Ferrick on all things Star Trek, all things Trek culture, the Closed Star podcast, and everything else in between. So first and foremost, Sean, how the hell are you today? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm worried about Graham. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? Do you, do you need... You need to sleep. I mean, do you need to develop an app to sleep as well? <laughs> it, it's a crazy thing, though. You know, when your body just, when you know you're bad, when your body goes, five hours, that's enough sleep, you know, and you're just like, no, no, I have more time. And it's like, no, 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 you get up now. And you're like, thanks, body. <laughs> you know? No, it's one of these things. It's like managing time better, I think. But you know, that whole thing of when you've got opportunities and stuff, you're like, cool, let's do all of these. And hopefully it'll dry up eventually. And then I'll sleep. Um, no, I'm I'm doing good, but wow, there's so many lines on my face, man. Can we put a filter on my face? Can we just maybe just bunny ears or something, or actually put me in a Star Trek uniform? We shall be, soft there's focus. There's got to be a filter you. for this. Yes, plenty of Vaseline on the lens, um, and and Wait, you know what else? Vaseline but, uh, is always good, yeah, however well, you use it. Yes, yes, of course. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, it's all gone Pete Tong already, guys. Uh, so yeah, Sean. Wow, it's it's it is an absolute honour. Um, first question that we've got for you is, where did your love of Star Trek begin? Uh, it is so I. It's a hundred percent my dad's fault. Mm. It is like one hundred percent like <laughs> Paul Ferrick. You know what you did. Um, so <laughs> when I was like, I mean, so this now stretches. It's now gone back before my memory kicks in. That's when I started being a Trekkie because wow. that's how how small I was when Trek was on at the house. So at the time, uh, I am of a certain age, so the next generation was still airing. 
Mm. Um, and uh, re after The Simpsons? Uh, oh, it would have been because I, I vividly remember who shot Mr. Burns. Um, yeah, spoilers. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Same timeline as me. It's that thing of come come back from school, watch The Simpsons, then Next Generation. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Spy One. So, yeah. Oh, BBC for me. I was poor. Oh, BBC. Oh, oh mm. fancy. My fancy. family didn't have Sky One. We uh, we had to make do with like a box with some nails in it and just pretend we saw what was on TV. Hey, that's grand. That's still better than Code of Honor. So, <laughs> we, uh, so yeah, so... Dad just Trek was on all the time. Uh, TOS was doing reruns on BBC, so I watched all of TOS. Then, as you know, kind of before I started to notice things like, but well, I can see the strings, you know, things like that. Mm. You know, this is all pre-remaster. Um, and then, like one of my, I know I was watching Trek because I remember vividly, uh, nineteen ninety four. Um, my my dad says we're going to the shop uh, and I was like Grant hopped in the car drove to the shop and the shop happened to be beside the cinema so I was there um, just again clear memory of this I was like Haha, I'm going to go to the cinema and watch Star Trek Generations and he then proceeds to pull out two tickets and says yes you are and I <laughs> like well played dad well played this is non-negotiable son <laughs> it was it was quite good but i remember that so well that i remember uh, the the cinema at the time was underground mm. so we went down into the cinema and i remember seeing the theatrical poster of interview with the vampire and it scared the crap out of me uh the things you the remember things weren't that bad yeah like uh, oh well. sorry, I, I have a lot of love for that movie also because <laughs> I, I, I remember looking like, why? Why is Kestra Troy eating that maid? I'm, I'm very confused right now. I should not be watching this at this age. Um, and little did I know, years later, I would revisit me like, oh, I get it now. Oh, oh I really shouldn't have been watching that at that age. Um, so, yeah, so sorry, my long story medium. Um, it's just, like, in a way, it's always been around. So mm. I've always been a Trekkie. Um, and sort of just, I don't know, but when I was a teenager, it was cool to be like, no, I don't know, yeah. Um, I kind of went away from Trek for a while. And, of course, I'm wearing my little Buffy uh, necklace today. Yes. Because I'm not sure if either of you are Buffy fans. Yes, 100%. Yes. We've, we've recently just done a, a Buffy podcast um uh, yeah i ago. just i just did that didn't i yeah I yeah huge huge uh buffy fans at nerdy up north absolutely excellent, excellent. i think well, then... it's scary though like how much you like i was re-watching it just random episodes to remind mm. myself and then immediately just go oh i know this entire season and just being like wow like all the names i'm never remembering about people bumping into them and all of the important information i'm not remembering but i can remember exactly what happens in buffy season six and you're like mm. <laughs> I, I was just just before we came on this I was just um, <clears throat> working scrolling through Twitter and um, someone posted uh, just an amazing tweet it's uh, so we are recording this on the 12th of May mm. it is 25 years to the day since Buffy Summers invented the slow motion run in big in becoming part one just where no she uh, runs to the library and I went <laughs> I vividly remember watching becoming part one mm. and again 
Talk about being too young to be watching what we were watching. Ah, it's fine. It didn't affect us whatsoever. Not no, at I... no, of course not. <laughs> it is one of those weird things where you like, like I remember my brother showing me the movie Predator when I was like eight, and just being like, "That was not a thing to that should have happened." But you know, it's like going, "Oh, this is pretty horrible." But um, it is becoming becoming the end of season two, isn't it? It is indeed. Then yes. Angel gets stabbed, and I always went like, and and it wasn't until I rewatched it recently that I was like, "Can't she just not stab Angel? Like, can't they just draw a little bit of blood?" And then that'll be fine, but I don't know. But yeah, um, that, oh, that, that's a weird one where Spike chokes Drusilla out, and you're like, but they don't breathe. And I'm like, going, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. way too cynical to watch TV anymore. <laughs> yeah, and like the amount of times as well, you know, for whatever reason, Angel will be out of breath. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'm just simulating it for your benefit. You know what's <laughs> happening at the moment? All the viewers are just sitting there going, Oh, damn. Oh, damn. And we are just ruining Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a legion of hardcore Buffy fans now. We're just like, yep, they don't breathe, guys. <laughs> it's fine. We can also do this. You know sound doesn't exist in space, right? Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, no, it's literally... Come on. Star Trek. In I'll, Star I'll Wars, just... it's all of the pilots just making the noises. Yeah. So it's just them being like... <laughs> Firefly was the only show that was like, no, no, no sound. No sound in space. <laughs> Equally yeah. as terrifying, though, when there's no sound in space. Yeah, that's true. And I say this, I loved alien... Firefly, but look how well it worked for them. Oh, shot <laughs> across the bow. <laughs> you are coming in hot. Crusher shot across the bow thing. That was. Yeah, a lot's changed in 20 years. Crusher. My goodness. Whew. Wow. Oh, I don't my. know whether to be shocked or yell Dabo after that, but I'm um, no. <laughs> Uh, but it, I think that's amazing, though, that like you know you got that it was like a a relationship with your dad, Trek. Like it was this wonderful bonding thing with it, and I think there's something really beautiful about that. Like, is he still into it? He is. Like, so he's really enjoyed the recent episode or the recent season of Picard, mm -hmm. um, because I mean it was a it was a complete nostalgia trip. So mm -hmm. as you know, a Trekkie for however long. You know, he really, really enjoyed it. And he's been watching, you know, Discovery and Stranger Worlds and everything, and he's enjoying it. I am the one that has dangerous obsession levels. Um, no. That, one, that one's all me. Um, no. He, as he says himself, he's like, John, I like the TV show. Like, calm down. And I'm just like, yes, but did you know that they changed the warp scale between the original yes. series and the next generation? And he's just like, now, Sean. <laughs> This is what Goodwill is because I'm literally just here. Someone who enjoys it has random knowledge about it, and then Goodwill's like, "Here's how the timelines work. Here's how the star dates work," and I'm like, "Oh, I did not know any of that." <laughs> yeah, I'll sort of be sat there going, "Ah, yes, but did you know that the space frame of the old Titan in the Lunar class was integrated into the Neo Constitution Three? And Graham's just sat there going, "But at least the viewers <laughs> appreciate." I've already opened Grinder. That's it. It's that literally. I'm just sitting there being like, "All oh, right, okay, yes." Yes. Mm. Yeah, so I, I absolutely understand the, the dangerous... I wouldn't even class it as dangerous, but the intense levels of obsession uh, that you have for Star Trek. It's one of those franchises, as like others, where you can never go too deep. There is always something to explore. There is always something to mm. learn. Um, for me, 
starships um so it's just like ah hello do you want to talk about the starship development in the 2290s no where are you going by uh, that sort of conversation normally happens every now and then but so yeah so generations was your first uh, foray into the star trek movies it in in the cinema yeah i was alive for mm. final frontier and undiscovered country but i don't think i don't think my dad was able to convince my mum that to bring me to see Final Frontier, which is probably good for everyone else in the cinema. Um, and then when it came to Undiscovered Country, uh, I, again, like I, I would have been like, you know, there would have been the slightest kind of noise on screen when you would have had this I, like toddler. I think right me and you are the same age, so we would have been about four, four mm. years old. So a four-year-old seeing pink blood floating in the vacuum of space might have been interesting to say the yeah, least. and then like you know, like the blue alien you know is about to beat the tar out of a kirk and you know you're kind of like yeah, yeah it's fine. why does you he know, fall down when his knee hurts <laughs> yeah it's like oh i mean yeah I, I remember i had to boo-boo on my knee once <laughs> and you know kind of that's not what he had on his knee yeah, that's, uh, not, that's not what it was no 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 <laughs> not everyone keeps their genitalia in the same place smokes what a yeah <laughs> little did we know how true that anyway that's different yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh. uh, so yeah so in terms yeah in terms of the cinema that was my first foray um and i i know i watched the movies completely out of order because mm. i i remember i don't remember when i watched motion picture for the first time i do remember being confused as to why the next generation theme was playing mm. during the motion picture. Yeah. So I was like, hang on, wasn't that? And even, even I, I mean, maybe this is an invented memory, but I think I remember going, but this was made before the next generation. So why would the next generation, idiot me, not going, well, maybe it was written for the film, Sean, as opposed <laughs> to being written for the next generation, which came along eight. You know, nine years afterwards. But you, you don't know? think about uh, that. <laughs> do you think, though, like, the, I was talking about this with a friend the other day about how crazy it is before the internet, when nowadays I was finding it, I was watching, I was rewatching bits of Air Voyager the other week and then just being like, oh, I can just memory alpha that and be like, oh, yeah, they have been in another episode or they have done that. Whereas obviously in the 90s, you're just like going, I I can speculate, but we have no idea, and ah, it's yeah. kind of scary going back to that and being like, "You did, you just believed crazy stuff, and no one around you cared enough to correct you or didn't know better." <laughs> but but then in the late nineties, some dedicated individuals like Ben Robinson went, "Yeah, I know there's an encyclopedia, but how about thirty thousand pages worth of Star Trek knowledge?" And then <laughs> an entire house length of fact files were born where it was yeah and it was just soft i mean my spare bedroom it's it's literally up to the ceiling like some of them because i've got mine and then someone was selling a whole set last year and i was like i'll buy it again um and it's you just read and it's like back in the late 90s you were like oh yeah what she was in something and then they referenced someone from one episode and then you go and it was all there that was our wikipedia that was our memory alpha that's exactly as the best description of it. It's exactly what that was. Yeah, um, and I do. I do remember, and I, I, I still have. I don't have them all just because I've moved house so many times mm. since. But I have. Uh, I've the all the Starfleet ships ones. Mm. I've kept the episode guide, and I think I kept the alien ship breakdown because so, I'm a bit like oh, I, I like the ships. Mm. Um, and 
yeah, like, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll just be myself, bottle of wine, a candle, the dry dock sequence from motion picture. Uh, what kind of candle? Are we talking a uh, candle slide candle or? No, I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> light the green flame candle and let's just have a <laughs> good time. Um, but yeah, it was. And it was, it, it, and it was funny as well how much I did read them. Yes. You know, sometimes, you know, you're kind of like, there because there is, you're right, saying there is about 30,000 pages. There is a lot mm. of them. And there's a lot of in-universe information. Even then, I loved that bit, but I'd kind of like the behind the scenes as well. Mm. Um, and there was a bit of that, but it was mostly written as if it was, you know, this is all really happening. This yeah. is, you know, this planet is here. Um, and, you know, I wish, I wish this applied in all areas of my life, but in some situations i've got a really good memory for these things um like sometimes you know i'll remember something about you know the warp coils on a d12 class bird of prey that was re retired for defective plasma coils you know i'll remember things like that mm. and then i'll go into school and be like all right sean sulfur x i'm like yes but that has nothing to do with plasma coils in a warp core, <laughs> so i don't know anything about them yeah um, stay away yeah. from me real knowledge it was <laughs> yeah it, but that's the thing, though, because, um, like I said, we, we're about the... I think we are the same age. It's It was that case of you had no internet access, you had TV, and then you had this literature. But it was... For, for Trekkies of our age, it was compelling. And because you're at that age where information is soaked in and then just stays there for the rest of your life, I was exactly the same. And it's just like, you would have show and tell at school. Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this. But you would have show and tell at school. And it'd be like, here is a Playmates Enterprise B. Can you see nice. these little things? These are the these are the impulse reactors. This is the RCS thruster, which produces this. Here are the warp core. The deflector dish is slightly more refitted compared to the Excelsior class because of blah, blah, blah. everyone's fell asleep. But you're like, holy shit, I actually know... Like, I, I, I could have a PhD yeah. in this sort of thing. But again, yeah, I was the same I as mean, you because you... Considering the area, everyone else's show and tell is just their latest child and they can't remember the name of it, really. So it's... Well, Middlesbrough's not that bad. It's just worse. <laughs> but yeah, it was... But then you get the Star Trek encyclopedias that, you know, Mike, Denise, uh, Doug Drexler did, where it's like, mm -hmm. here is the A to, A to Z of Star Trek, but we're going to do it as a Bible for people in the future to look at and say, ah, yes, you can't say this about the Klingons because this happened in a TOS episode and we don't mention the ridges. We don't talk about that. And it, it was brilliant because you you soak it in. And yeah, the information that you learn at school goes in here and goes, because this is just full of weird, you know, wibbly wobbly. Oh, well, the combadge was introduced and dedicated to the uh, five-year mission of the Enterprise, and that's why everyone wore the Delta after that. And you're just like, oh, I mean, that's changed now. But you're like, yeah. And it, I mean, I, context is everything, and it's the fact of all this stuff from school. Like, I've never needed algebra yet. I, you know, and you know when they're like, oh, well, you won't have a calculator when, you, when you're out of school, and you're like, well, actually. <laughs> and now but, you're um, doing apps. I, that's a statement that aged well, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. You just like going, uh, well, actually, but um, uh, touche, like, Mister Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just you and your teacher lies. But um, the but it's that idea of like all this stuff. Like here I am, chatting to you, Sean, chatting to you, Goodwill, about Trek, and this is random knowledge that I just accumulated, and I can sort of have you. 
have you, I mean, could, we'll go into how you started with uh, what culture uh, and clone star. But have you felt that the more you've talked about Star Trek, the more knowledge that you learnt as a child has been unlocked as you talk? Like, holy crap, I didn't know. I forgot I knew about this alien race and their biology and this. It, have you found that? There, there is a bit of that. Like, you know, there's because there's there's the things I remember watching and learning in the 90s but then there's so much there's so much like things like memory alpha is just an absolute godsend and memory beta because i don't know an awful lot about the extended universe because it's so big Mm -hmm. you know it's like um you know there are people who've been reading the books all the way along i've been kind of dipping in and out and trying to be like you know so when we were on an article be like you know and this is where they talk about this and this we have a little alarm that goes off saying memory beta which is basically their way of saying like you know if sean gets this wrong this is why you know (laughs) Um, but i think it's great though like contrary to like star wars and stuff where they went hey expanded universe nah, whatever like it's still kind of ethereal the trek expanded universe where like as we saw in picard they just they can take elements of it and be like Mm -hmm. yeah that's canon okay yeah that's kind of we've we've taken that we've done that like maybe not like kirk coming back how he does in the book or whatever where it's vol- uh, vol- you never know vol- but yeah but now they're like oh well you know because i remember you talking about that in um the, in one of the, the what culture episode one one of the uh track culture episodes but it's that idea of like it's great that you we can still go maybe it'll happen maybe we'll hmm. get the garrick bashir romance fingers crossed well, I mean, uh, all you need to do for that one is go on to um, Sid City Online's uh, YouTube channel and you will see, obviously, Sidig and uh, Andrew Robinson reading the fan pen script where, you know, there's not a discussion. <laughs> some loving. Some loving that would happen. He um, portrayed <laughs> Garrick the way he wanted to portray Garrick. We all loved it. And it's just hilarious that Berman and most people at the time did not twig that's what Garrick was. Pl- that's that's how Garrick was played. It's so totally, totally random, but Nightmare on Elm Street two, where the director's just like, "Oh, we didn't realize it was a gay film," and you're like, "Going, are you? Are you there?" <laughs> you know? Like, we didn't realize this was a gay film. All right, I'll say. So, what film were you directing? Yeah, that's because... it. Which direction were you facing? I mean, yeah, during like, this. But I, I love as well. His name escapes me, but the 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 lead actor from uh, Nightmare Two. Uh, he's hilarious because he he openly credits himself as like the first male scream queen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which I was just like, all right, that is but that is brilliant. It's owning it. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, but I mean, like, uh, you got me on a tangent now. Sorry, because sorry, that film... sorry. I, that that's what I do. I just derail any form of structure. But I love it. Bob Shea of New Line Cinema is you know the barman in clearly the Leather Daddy Bar. That they go to all but but no, it's definitely not a yes, not a gay film. No, no, no. no. He just has a Kate Bush poster. But this all, is all straight guys have posters. But Kate this Bush. is testament. Yeah. This is testament to the execs and the suits not watching their shit, because let's mm. be honest, you know, Paramount in the nineties, you know, it's it's been well documented on Shuttlepod and every other interview. These guys did not visit the set. You know, they very rarely looked at the dailies, so. They could be allowed to, you know, Andrew Robertson. Yes, I mean the whole uh, Garrick and Quark scene with the the prune juice, where the, yeah, which is one of the best scenes. But to think that that was just a filler, you know. But to to you know for that to go to the top because they wanted to do that and you know it enhanced the scene a lot more. But 
they never came down. So Andrew Robinson was like, Garrick is this person. I'm going to play it at that person. And, you know, a whole host of new people since DS9 has gone on to, to Netflix and, and other streaming services have rewatched and have really appreciated him, Bashir, the dynamic and, and mm. DS9 overall and went, holy crap, this is like way ahead of its time in, in some aspects. I mean, profit and lace. Mm. But it, yeah, it, it's absolutely, I, I, I love it. And, yeah, and I, I think it's the sort of thing of I think Trek needed at the time a bisexual character because I think that bi erasure is a thing that's still around now. And the idea of going, hey, like, because we have like, we have Chad Zia, but it kind of goes like, oh, yeah, that kind of like that. But then, like, the idea of if Bashir was, I think that could have been a really strong, like, standpoint to have during it. But obviously, like we had with Burnham and stuff, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I went off on a tangent again there. Yeah, sorry. We, we, we love a tangent, but actually it's it's very funny that you, you bring it up because I think, so we know obviously the first episode of Past Prologue and Andy Robinson played Garrick as he was just like, oh, we're both here for lunch, but there's something different on the menu. So, <laughs> and that's, and then- My dear and, doctor. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, exactly. And he says himself, he's like, it was, yes, there was the kind of the directive like Liz tone about, but he's like, but also the writing after that is it didn't give him room to play yeah. as as much as he would have liked to. So in a way, he was blaming no one, blaming everyone. You yeah. know, and that's fine. I mean, everyone has come out and said the same things about it. I think where there was a, an issue with Bashir in the beginning was that he was, he was a walking hard-on for Jadzia, and it gets yeah. very... Uncut. Now, like, people, I mean, I'm very forgiving because we know where Bashir gets to. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's re like Bashir is not being cool. Yeah. And I think it's they were struggling with what to do with him. He was the young, you know, male. Uh, I mean, they're all gorgeous at Star Trek. Yeah. But he was the young, male, attractive character. Mm. And instead of having sort of a plan of what to do with that or taking any kind of chances, they said, I know we'll have him fancy the young female attractive character who yeah. is, of course, Jadzia. I think it would have aged so much better had they explored either a bisexual element, maybe, maybe a home. I Actually, funny enough, I, I think I prefer a bisexual element because you're right. Name the bisexual characters in Star Trek. I'll mm -hmm. put on the kettle, you know? Yeah, that's um, it. We have... Uh, Miraverse Kira, uh, you know, we have like a and possibly Mirror Universe Esri, possibly, yeah. possibly. Uh, Riker due to opportunity, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we uh, Mirror Giorgio seems to be kind of pansexual, yeah. possibly, yeah. No. See, um, it's that it's that weird thing where there's so many things, but you just like, but then again, it was the 90s, but at the same time, like Star Trek, it's broken enough new ground, like it's but they flew well, under the radar at DS9. They did. Ronald D. Moore um, gave a very fair, uh, it was sort of a, a, it was a very inward facing statement. And he said it was, this was kind of specifically relating to the outcast and the host and the trill. But he said, basically, I know I'm paraphrasing. So, but he's like, mea culpa. It wasn't our priority. Yeah. I said, it was yeah. not our priority at the time. We were doing other things. Um, and you know, uh, Iris Stephen Bear has spoken about in DS9 as well. 
it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't high on the list at the moment, which is like, we look at it now and we think, but God, Star Trek, you broke so many barriers. Why not exactly. that? Yeah. I, t I tend to be, and maybe, look, I if if people are very upset with the fact that Star Trek didn't, I will not say you don't be. I tend to be quite free because I'm just like, well, they were breaking so many other bloody barriers, although they didn't, yeah. they didn't have yeah. time. I yeah. didn't feel, I didn't feel for the longest time, I didn't feel left out hmm. until sort of Enterprise. Yes. So I was kind of like, come on now, I think... I think we've kind of we've kind of got past the you know we're the, the at that stage as a culture there, yeah I mean the, there's then, only so many times you can have trip in the decontamination chamber and then be like and we're not gonna do anything with that right okay never mind <laughs> it's just like I mean like you know kind of like you know shuttle pod one you telling me they didn't <laughs> stay warm together you know what I mean <laughs> um but it, it, it's you know and then of course then we get the Kelvin movies and we get the you know the the reveal that Sulu yes. is in at, le that. at least at that point homosexual relationship mm -hmm. uh, they have a child together and then there was uproar about that because it's alternate universe and you can't you know just mm -hmm. because history's been changed that doesn't change your sexuality which I see the point of the I, I see both sides of the argument there I see why Takei was upset about it I see why Simon Pegg was just like come on <laughs> you know, but like, again, they both have a point. Hmm. Um, much like I did somewhere at the start of this sentence. Um, <laughs> no, but, it's uh, me. I derail things again. I'm afraid, but yeah. but uh, it's gotten it's gotten so much better, and it's you know now you'll see people like you know, oh my God, Star Trek is shoving you know politics down our throat. And said, like, I remember the day Star Trek went woke. It was uh, September the eighth, nineteen sixty six. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. With that thing, like, I saw a meme of it the other day, and it was just like, what do, like, you know, conservative Trek viewers get out of it exactly? Like, I was explaining to someone the other day, like, the whole in the next generation where they don't have money and they're, they're bartering for goods because they don't have capitalism. And, you know, and obviously the, the comment on capitalism that is the Ferengi and whatnot and it's that thing of just going well I, I don't why are you watching this if you're not like you know it's it's the very definition of a hypocrite isn't it it's like a conservative star trek fan and it's like <laughs> mm. i believe in a bright utopian future it's like all right grand but run by the dominion yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Are you Keiko O'Brien? Uh, no, anyway. <laughs> oh, don't bring it. Don't bring oh, the beast yeah. into this. Um, the, we, the, we have a true we, villain of Trek. We Keiko have a theory. We have a theory, Sean, that um, <laughs> that is yet to be revealed and should be revealed um, in Star Trek Legacy. That yeah. the big overall bad was not the Dominion, not the Changelings, certainly not the Borg. No, it was Keiko O'Brien. Yeah, because okay. where. What what is what is your evidence? Let, let's 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 give this a fair well, hearing. What is your evidence? Not, where's Miles O'Brien? Let's not get let's not get caught up with tangible things like evidence. Let's just show <laughs> purely based upon wild drunk speculation. Um, it's more it's more that Miles O'Brien would have resolved the entire situation within three episodes because he is, and I'm quoting Lord X, the greatest Starfleet officer <laughs> that ever lived. But mm -hmm. where was he? Because he would have got it done. He would have got this shit sorted. He certainly would not have agreed to fleet manoeuvres. So, I mean, where, I just what did Keiko do just, to him? I just think that it's basically he is busy. He is locked up in a constant battle with the entity that is Keiko O'Brien. 
in order to sort of contain that threat, you know, obviously for the sake of us, you know, like we don't fully appreciate that he's doing this for us, but um, <laughs> no, it's just a silly thing that I made up where we were, we were, you know, doing Picard, we were speculating on what's going to happen in the series and whatnot. And like, oh, who's that? And, you know, the, um, the, the face that Vadik makes and stuff like, oh, who is it? Is it going to be the Borg? Is it the Par Wraiths? Is it oh, Keiko right. O'Brien? And obviously, you put a stupid option on a poll, it will win. So, you know, it yeah, wasn't it became a, a big thing. It was a landslide oh. more than anything. <laughs> so at least people share our sentiments about Keiko O'Brien. It's just like, Miles, you can't go to the Starfleet Academy. I'm off to Bajor for four months. Bye. And that's it. And he's just like, oh, what, what a terrible shame. I miss my wife so much. I'm just going to play out with my best mate forever and play <laughs> Warhammer, essentially space Warhammer. <laughs> you know, and you're like going, you don't seem to be struggling that much, but so 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 just to be very clear, what you are saying on air is yeah. that in the Deep Space Nine season one finale in the hands of the prophets, you were yeah. sitting there going, Kai Win, you're right. You are <laughs> oh, oh, Win. Okay. Win, you are right. Oh. Yeah. This is a good this is a very good point because I have put myself in a corner there. But uh, <laughs> God, what what an amazing episode, though, because I, I think that's the thing, though, like I'd probably take it off on a tangent. Like I was going to ask you later once we got like the initial, hey, who are you? How did things get started? I was going to ask you about what your most underused characters in Trek are. Mm. And obviously part of my sort of attitude towards Keiko comes from why didn't they do stuff with her? Like they kind of started DS9 off and then just went, oh, we're landed with this character and we're like, you know, and it's like, and basically, she just gets brought through hobbies. It goes, you become a teacher. Like, she's like the DS9 version of Barbie, where it's like, you're a teacher. Oh, you're, you're a gardener. Oh, you're a research scientist. And it's like going, well, okay, it's going to be doctor. Then it's going to be like, uh, what is it? Like horse trainer, maybe? I don't know. I didn't know where it was going to go in the later seasons. But um, but Par Wraith, that was a good one. That was a yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good hobby. Could have been the last hobby. Uh, but... <laughs> It's, what a great it, episode, though. But like, it it's like very with Kez, good. where with Kez, Kez, you just go, they have great episodes, and you're like, oh, it would have been great if all of your writing had been like this, but instead, we, we've actually, uh, it's funny, definitely about Keiko and definitely about Kes. What they had originally, now I mean, so originally with Keiko, we're talking next gen, but I think more more ds9 because they inherited obviously some stories from from tng but but definitely Kess as well as they went right we've got really good ideas here um you know we've have star trek married couple on deep space nine raising a child cool okay great there's good there's got to be stories in that and then you go to voyager we've got you know as they said we've got this mayfly you know she's she's only going to live for you know a certain amount of time which means you would assume everything has got to be a sense of urgency to it. You know, we've got to live because we've really got to live. Like we are on the clock. And yeah. then Burgeoning neither. psychic powers as well. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, kind of psionic and everything. And neither storyline, in my opinion, were properly. I mean, Keiko probably got more with fewer appearances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, a part of that, of course, is because you had miles in every episode. You know? <laughs> yeah, the, and the uh, lines, the lines got deeper in every episode. Which, good Lord, uh, that poor man. It was just like, you know, like, you know, oh, Miles, were you having a good episode? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I could I could go on about Kess for hours as well. Um, and look, no show is perfect. 
there is there is no mm-hmm. show as okay, the closest to perfect is Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined one. But yes. no show is perfect because you know you will have you have season orders. Remember, these are twenty six episode seasons over seven years. That's a lot of ground to cover. There's going to be a lot of ideas that are uh, you know in you know brought into that. There's going to be a lot of characters that come in and don't work. Malora would be mm-hmm. one that just didn't work in DS9, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is a shame because in here, like she was a collection of tropes as opposed to a character. And that happens, to, it's not the only episode that did that. We had that yeah. in, we've had that from TOS onwards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like that awkward, pointy haired, this fella in the original series, don't know, he was nothing. Oh, you know, he was uh, nothing. Ciroc or someone like that, I don't know. Uh, that's that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. He did, I just know he was. Yeah, his shirt got torn at one point. Yeah. Um, but uh, and that's it. And then sometimes it goes nowhere, and sometimes you get a Garrick. Yes. You know, you get a. Oh, sure, we'll bring this in. We'll do a little kind of a. We'll have a bit of fun. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're gonna bring him back. So he's yeah. coming back. Yeah. 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 Do you um, reckon when they were writing it, every time they were like, how can we fit Garrick into this particular plot? And they were like, no, no. <laughs> like, He's just a like They have a days, days Without Garrick sign in the background and they just flip yeah. it back to zero. It's funny because it started relatively slowly, didn't it? Because you yeah. had him in past prologue hmm. and then it's goodbye Garrick, you know? And then season two, you get Cardassians, I think it's the next one he turns up in. Mm. And in that second episode, they he could have just been, look, we need Bashir to have an ally. They drop in. Yeah, by the way, he and Dukat have this massive past together and they hate each other and <laughs> absolutely think we won't be revisiting that storyline. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's on drugs. Uh, you know, like things are like, oh, yeah, what? I need more of this character to the point where he gets his own two-parter in season three. Yep. You know, and if you go back to, they didn't run that risk in the original series for the most part. And look, TV was different back then. You know, you, you know, it was the original series. It was the trifecta and the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and as as much as we rightly laud TOS for what it did for uh, representation, for the risks it took in the 1960s, I, I'm just repeat. I mean, everyone knows this. Middle of the Cold War, they had a Russian. Uh, 20 years after, you know, Pearl Harbor, yep. Hiroshima, yeah. Nagasaki, they had a Japanese-American. Uh, and of course, you know, the entire just legacy that is Uhura yes. on the yeah. bridge. Um, you know, TOS, in doing that, like, it was incredible. It was enormous. And then we just like to forget the fact that Dr. McCoy, who we all love, was a raging bigot against uh, <laughs> Spock. Yeah, uh, very old school. Yeah. Very, very old school, yeah. That's it. That's it. It's like you it's that really man, obviously. Bob Goblin. Okie dokie. All right, stick on. But the same people that all like um, complain about Pulaski for being sort of like basically the female, like you know, the, the female bones, and then they're like, oh yeah, yeah, but he gets a pass, and you're like, <laughs> why? Oh, because it was just the time, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, yeah, and, and then it's just like, well. Actually, you know, I mean, well, 1988 was so much more, you know, developed as a time, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe a bit, the fact that a woman could be a bigot in 1988. But, um... <laughs> well, no, we've progressed so much. We've got a, we've finally got a female prime minister. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, well, we'll get another one in a couple of years. 
It's fine. Yeah, let, let, let's just shades of grey this. I, uh, I am absolutely over the moon um, that you consider Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, as damn near perfect because I will die on that hill for a lot of people about ba Battlestar Galactica. Um, you can't describe. You have to say to people, you have to watch it to yeah. understand it because it is perfect. Music, acting, uh, visual effects. For, I mean, if you look at it now, it's 20 years ago. It doesn't look 20 years old in some respects. It doesn't. Ron, uh, uh, so one lockdown night when I had more money than sense, uh, I finally got the Blu-ray box set. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking, just for the pure, it's been 20 years of it. Look, it'll have it. There's there's an intro on it where Ronald D. Moore sits there and says, we, we mastered all this initially mm. in HD. Now, it might not have been broadcast in HD, mm -hmm. but it was mastered. So it's like the upscale to Blu-ray, it just worked straight away because it was already there. The quality was there. A bit like Enterprise. Yeah, because they know, filmed it in all, HD originally. Yeah. So they did all that. So even though you've got the shaky cam, it's HD shaky cam. So it, it, <laughs> it updated very, very nicely. Um, it is it is a show that could only have been made post 9-11. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the very Bible references 9-11 for yeah. Battlestar Galactica. And it's like, this is... Uh, a post 9-11 culture not set on earth and it's mm -hmm. like yeah but the 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 just everything about it the the overall story the uh the the, the plots it's could only be done within that time period between um 2001 and obviously what you know 2010 because america went to war we had uh 9-11 we had t you know we had um the July 7th bombings in uh, London. We had torture. We had Guantanamo Bay. We had all these issues at that time that this show addressed and did it in its own way. Much like Star Trek used to do, you know, like much like the original series of Star Trek, where it was like, we're going to tackle today's issues in the future. So you yep. had racism, you had slavery and everything like that. And it's like, yeah. And Battlestar just, mm, absolutely. And I remember... I. Because when I attended my first convention, Ronald Demo was there, and the, I was, and I said, "I'm going to go up and I'm going to ask for an autograph, and I'm going to talk to him." And I didn't talk to him at all about Star Trek. I said, "I want to thank you for making Battlestar Galactica because it just it changed my view on science fiction going forward." And I was like, "Anything going forward has to be equal to or better than." Battlestar Galactica in terms of storytelling, in terms of direction and everything like that. I mean, The Expanse for me as well is is pretty damn close when it comes to um, excellent sci-fi. But yeah, I, I'm just so happy that I've got someone else to talk to Battlestar Galactica about because no one in Nerdy Up North, there's 13,000 of you and no one talks about Battlestar Galactica. And it's so upsetting. But no, I'm, I'm super super happy about that and thank god for eagle moss before they did go under for producing sure. the ships yes absolutely yeah i've you know in the next room um you know I, I did my absolute best to keep eagle moss a business folks i really tried <laughs> um but on, on, alas it was not to be the one of one of the things that is still so impressive about battlestar and the fact that it was thank god it was on sci-fi Yes. Like this would have been cancelled if it was on one of the major networks. They yes. said it themselves. Yeah. They were not doing the views. 
And it's one of those ones that's, even though everyone was talking about, or seemed like everyone was talking about it at the time, it's one of those ones that's done really well in the years since. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at what Star Trek was doing, so you had Enterprise, which Enterprise, I think, has aged well. Yes. It came out at exactly the wrong time. Mm-hmm. It literally yeah. premiered October 2001. On the wrong network and, as well. And on the wrong... Yeah. Every, everything was set up against it. Now, yeah. they obviously, they, they, you know, kind of like, we have our premiere date. Okay, utopian shows set in the future. No mm. one is yeah. in that frame of mind right now no yeah. one so they do excuse me they do season one they do season two and then although you know kind of like i'm not i'm not saying either one of those seasons are bad you have your standard star trek things get better as it goes along mm. um but as soon as they can in season two they go and we're doing 9 11 and they do and it's the zindi attack on earth and you get everything and it was very interesting uh, destination star trek 2021 mm. Uh, John Billingsley was there and someone asked him, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, what did you like? What did you like? And he went, I have to say, I didn't like the Zindi arc. And there was kind of this audible kind of like, it's kind of the general consensus as to when Enterprise started getting really good. Mm -hmm. And he said, what we did is we made it too early. We tried to do 9-11 and we tried to do basically the invasion of Iraq and we tried to do that through a Star Trek lens. Mm -hmm. And in his opinion, he thought, we didn't have the context that we have now. So he's like, I, th- I think, I think as well, like, it, it was part of that. It was like, he knew what they were trying to do. Yeah. And he reckons they maybe didn't achieve it. Whereas as an audience member, I really enjoyed the season. I yeah. really liked what they, what they did with it. I really liked the fact that they took the chance on a season long arc. Mm. Um, uh, and, they, and they went out with deliberately, right? They went out with the most crazy ending because they were just like, Try cancelling us now. All right, that's going to be our ending. <laughs> Try cancelling us now. And then they, you know, they did. They were brought back for season four. Um, and, you know, I mean, vampire. Nail on the head. Deal with yeah. that one. Nail on uh, the head that, oh, vampire I, Nazis. Okay. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, though, I am in the minority where I, I enjoy Enterprise, but I didn't like the Zindi arc. I much prefer season one. Season one is my favourite Enterprise, but it's simply because... All of the stuff, the formative stuff in it is what I wanted. Like, like what um I've got a total man a Hoshi. Like Hoshi is absolutely amazing and the the how fascinating it is of her developing like you know the uh the universal translator, all mm. of that stuff. I love I ate all that stuff up. And then obviously when you get to the Zindi arc, it's like, oh it just works now. And then and then it's literally just like Hoshi's just in the background for like two seasons being like, and I'm here too. And you're like, you know. Yeah. you're so but, right yeah but, but that's it and it's like that's what i loved about it where it was basically this is the the adventure thing but then it goes a bit action orientated in th- three and four but then people love that and that's the wonderful three thing about and Trek, four where you're like yeah. discovery isn't bad the kelvin universe isn't bad it's just for a different audience to the people who want this and that's the joy of trek isn't it like you know i don't get discovery but how many LGBT kids are there that adore it? Who are like, this is my, you know, stepping stone into sci-fi. Mm. 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 So, it is, I mean, and you're, yeah. it's like there is now, like because, and and that is sometimes you you kind of have to gently remind people is that the existence of discovery, the existence of the Kelvin universe, does not negate the existence of the next generation or Voyager. 
if this is not for you, that's fine. That that's absolutely grand. You know, yeah. you know, there's no one holding a Romulan disruptor to your head saying, and you will watch it, and you will, <laughs> and you will, you will love Colber, and you will love Adira. You know, you know, and that's and that's fine. Um, and just in the same way, there was nobody, you know, Vulcan nerve pinching you, going, and you will love McCoy, and you know, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's, it's fun, and like I will occasionally, depending on my mood. Now DS Nine is my that's my my overall, right? But then depending on my mood, I'm just like, no, do you know what? I'm definitely I'm in I'm in a lower decks mood today. Mm. Or um, I will admit, with all the love of my body, it doesn't happen often, but I'm in an animated series uh, mood today. Animated series has Kazinti, so it will yes. always have a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. We haven't even programmed the animated series into the Dabo wheel. We will oh. soon. I totally and utterly forgot to put the animated series in the Dabber Wheel. There we go. That's okay. Do you know what? Lower Decks is 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 doing the Lord's work in trying yes in in <laughs> trying to bring the animated series sort of back into the public eye. You know? There's so uh, many references to it as well. I mean, even direct screenshots and stuff. And it's like, yes, I mean, Giant Spock, Spock Two. That was a dark joke. That was a very dark joke. I was like, look what I've got. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a gift that just keeps giving, though. I mean, we had Jeffrey Combs again. Uh, you know, like... Everyone is played by Jeffrey Combs. Um, <laughs> everyone. I mean... All three of us are. Yeah. yeah this this is yeah. literally just Jeffrey Combs in three different separate locations <laughs> on the planet playing. Yeah. That's yeah. another person I would fangirl if I met Jeffrey Combs. I would just be like, I love you in, like, I love you in Frighteners. I love you in, like, oh, like Reanimate. I love you in DS9. Wayun is like one of my favorite villains in anything ever, you know. He should play every single character in one complete series and just be Star Trek Coombs. <laughs> and, and you That's know. the legacy proposal we need. We need to speak to Star Trek, the legacy of Coombs. <laughs> yes. Every single character in one room. Liquidator <laughs> Brunt. <laughs> Wayun. <Wayor. laughs> Didn't he do three characters in one episode of DS9? I'm sure there's one he that has Wayun. Wayun and Brunt in yeah, uh, yeah. the dogs in the dogs of war, and I I remember is that because someone's done that brilliant meme, you know, where it's just like you know kind of like you know starring Jeffrey Combs as Brunt, and someone's like ooh starring Jeffrey Combs as Wayun, ooh starring Jeffrey Combs as Brunt and Wayun, you know, it's just like best episode ever. It's you know what is a maximum Combs? What is a Combs episode? You know it's going to be good though. When you see that special guest star or guest star Jeffrey Gums, you're like, yes. When I saw that in Lower Decks, I was like, yeah, it's finally. Um, but no. So, so we need to go back to the actual questions because oh we, yes, we derailed this. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. How did so, culture get started? Yeah. So how how on earth did you get started working for what culture? Applied for a job. Next question. <laughs> 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 no, um, actually, funny enough, lo- long story medium, just as Picard season one was getting going, Trek culture was sort of getting up off the ground and they were looking for writers. Mm. Um, I saw uh, an ad in, I, w- I was watching What Culture anyway at the time, and they were like, hi, we're, you know, we're looking for people who know Star Trek. So I did, you know, kind of walk in, take down the help wanted sign. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> um, and they were like, you know, study on, write us an article. So I sent them an article. They're like, oh, okay, we like that. Write us another one. And then it just, it just steamrolled on from there. Um, this the, the strangest thing happened in 2020. Um, don't know if anyone remembers. Uh, Earth closed. 
So, um, oh, something, yeah, vague, yeah. vague recollection of that. I vague God, that was three years ago. A lot of Domino's pizzas being ordered. That was, uh, yeah, oh, oh, yes, far mm, too yeah. much money spent on Warhammer and pajamas. Um, Lots yeah, of pajamas, a yeah. lot, lot of that. So, uh, I was one of those people who, um, about a week and a half after you know, like lockdown, lockdown found themselves with rather a lot more time on their hands. <laughs> so I was able to write more. And then because it's an online-based content, mm. thankfully it wasn't it wasn't affected the way, you know, our, our other jobs would have been. So that kept going. I kept doing that. And then once, you know, Earth started to move toward being open again, uh, thankfully there had been enough of a relationship built that I was able to kind of keep that going um, to the point where I was able to leave my other job, which was very nice. That's incredible. Because um, the videos that you do, I mean, I, I have to give props to you and Chris for the the, the latest series of Picard. Poor Chris, I, I'm pretty sure he's still asleep somewhere. Actually, funny enough, I, I, I was talking to him just before we came on this pod and um, he is still catching up on rest like he's still legitimately incredible because the the reviews that you were putting out and and i was i was watching them while at work so don't (gasps) let anyone tell work but they were coming out because you guys were were knocking them out as quickly as you can and then the the live videos it was like two thousand three thousand that was that blew our minds like we we this is going to sound like such a politician answer. Mm. I am grateful for every single viewer because it's the people who were there from day one mm. that are still watching. Like, that's incredible. If yeah. someone pops in for once, enjoys a video and leaves, I'm so grateful. It's amazing, right? Uh, when we were doing, so let's say four lower decks, which is when I started doing mm. the ups and downs I took over for Adam um we would be we were so happy if we had maybe 100 people Mm. watching live Uh, and that is a lot of people anyway like to sit down at the same time you know yeah yeah. Um, and you know so some people have asked a very fair question it's like you know kind of how did you get a bunch of subscribers at the start remember they were you know what culture itself had a lot of subscribers so Mm. like that's i I often say to people like for people who are starting a, a a youtube channel it's just like I would, under no circumstances am I going to say that, you know, we started from zero. We were very lucky. We inherited a bunch of subscribers. Some stayed, some didn't. Yeah. You know, that's fine because it is their content. It is, you know, kind of what the, whatever. And then it's it's continued to build. We've been lucky enough that we've been able to bring in other voices. We've been able to bring in other presenters. Mm. We've been able to bring in other editors which i think has been a, a, a strong thing in not only keeping chris alive but keeping his relationship going as well like, you know kind of like, i can hear him uh, crying from newcastle sometimes if you listen really quite you just <laughs> and you're like oh someone, you know, he, he often says he doesn't have time to cry yeah. you know um, someone get know. that man greg's and just uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and then like but this one so this season of picard um we you know we have our subscriber base which is amazing so we knew going in that there would we, we would probably do okay in the numbers right and then it just we were not prepared for how much oh again of the live yeah you know what i mean like because people are at work yeah. people are busy people have lives you know yeah. um and 
you know, we, I think one of the lives we went over 4,000. Um, like we were just like, this is... That I was don't. at like half one in the afternoon because I'm sat down and I'm watching it and the, the counter was like thousand, two, two, five, three, four. And I'm like, what? But you have to think like as it's global, half the world isn't awake. And it's like that's 4,000 people at half past one on an afternoon or in the morning that are, are actively watching. And that is incredible. That's mind blowing. It's like we're, we're still like, um, put it this way, we never expect that. So yeah. we have a, a fresh set of ups and downs coming for a strange new worlds. Yeah. We are not expecting those numbers. Mm. But, you know, kind of like it, it, was, it was incredible. It was just like, and also it was very nicely intimidating. <laughs> I just bet. Like, you know, oh my God, I'm going to have missed something in cetacean observations. The 4,000 people are going to call me out. And, ah! <laughs> you know? Trekkies calling you out on something small. Not <laughs> Never. I, 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 not not trekkies no never never not trekkies imagine it. no 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 um yeah the, the 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 two words i've come to love the most in the last couple of years you missed um, <laughs> but it's i mean because off the back of off the back of uh trek culture um and and the popularity that that you gained um you you were also doing your own podcast uh firstly you're on crackmate and then <laughs> The Clone Star. Podcast. I don't think we're allowed to mention that bit of it on here. We've mentioned far worse. We are fine. <laughs> That's, uh, that was uh, your your crackmate was sort of sort of nearly uh, time lined up with uh, joining Trek culture mm. um, because I just I, I I liked the buzz of talking about your crackmate. It's all about just movies. So yeah. every episode of your crackmate is about a different movie. Um, a lot of the time. In fact, almost all of the time, I would have a different guest, and it'd be, they would pick a movie, we would talk about it, um, and I got to watch a lot of movies I've never seen before by doing it that way. Oh, wow. That was all just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, then, via that, I met Joseph Hurley, who yeah. is the world's biggest Star Trek the Animated Series fan. Um, <laughs> and How did they choose out of the four of them? Uh, that is actually they, they they get together every year and they do a sort of like uh, a mock time style battle. Yeah, it uh, needs to be the fighting style from Code of Honor. It needs to be that with a gauntlet no, it doesn't. on. No, nothing. No, no. Nothing I don't know what you mean. That that's not canon. No. Um. <laughs> I do know who I feel. I I feel well. I feel bad for bloody everyone. That one. I feel bad for poor Denise Crosby as well oh, because God, she's yeah. got X amount of episodes. We can't pretend one of them doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But also she's highlighted like just how dangerous that like fighting cage with the oh, with the fluorescent lights was because they were fluorescent goddamn lights. Yeah. It's like people using like sort of LED strips as like lightsabers and you're like no this is not no not mm. LED like uh fluorescent things you're like this is this is a bad idea. Health and safety would not write you up for that. Um but yeah so Joseph is because I've I've been speaking because he's he's asked me to write a little bit for the Clone Star website about what Star Trek means to me and I'm like I've got so much I still need to thin it down um but yeah he is volume one yeah that at the beginning it'll be fine volume one ships the uh but yeah he is a huge animated series uh fan um but just just listening because you guys you haven't asked scored some big names for that podcast that, it's, it's similar to like we're just because we now here's the thing we'll email everyone 
Hmm. Everyone, like, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, I will find Avery Brooks's home address and send him a muffin basket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because what we learned very early on was just ask. The worst thing, the, the worst, worst thing you'll get is a no. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I can tell you, we've only ever got like a couple of flat no. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and that's out of everyone we've contacted, right? Um, was one of them as we dax no 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 oh, yeah. no no thankfully no no no. that was just a restraining order um, <laughs> there we go That's the... um a lot of people a lot of people that can't do it will be either they're up to their eyes i mean these people are busy they are yeah, working yeah. actors yeah, you know yeah. because we're emailing everyone we're emailing you know the the strange new worlds cast the lower yeah. decks everyone um and then there will be a lot of time it'll be like look it doesn't suit right now but mm -hmm. come back to me. And we've just today confirmed someone who, where that happened. Uh, we reached out to them. They were just like, I, look, thank you so much. Uh, I'm up to my eyes at the moment. Can you please come back to me later on? Mm. And of course, me being me, I was like, I sent a reminder in my phone. And <laughs> came back to them. And yep, thankfully, now it's it's worked out. We, we, mm. we figured out a date. And it's all, every single time, it's just, hi, how are you? Let's have a chat you know what you know and it's obvious obviously there's going to be the context of star trek but it's about let's learn about the people who gave us trek mm -hmm. you know whether it's the writers the directors you know uh, we have you know dan curry who mm. created so much of what we see mm -hmm. came on um and we've had obviously then recently we're we were and our visitor was on alexander sadig was on huge <laughs> we never expect these people to say yes um and when when they do we're just like oh my god thank you so much and then of course you're trying as well not to be like oh my god i love you so much you're so great <laughs> i love you in this episode because yeah it's in my head yeah of course it is you know uh but you've just kind of got a way to find find a way to phrase it you know so yeah like, i really enjoyed your work in this episode can you tell us what the thought process is because <laughs> you were bloody deadly um, it's exactly how I was with you. Yeah, that's exactly how I was with you. I I emailed. I plucked up the courage and I was like, I'm going to email Sean Ferrick. I'm going to email Sean. And I sent a message and you just came back. And, oh, I'd absolutely love to. And I was like, Okay, great. Thank you very much. And I just went. Ah! <laughs> Thank you so much, I, Sean. I absolutely just imagining that, you yeah. like a '90s like teen girl or whatever in your your pink bedroom or whatever with your sort of scrapbook out with you. Um, the wall of the wall of bankruptcy nearly came down because the 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 <laughs> bouncing uh, the, the wall of bankruptcy Sean is all the Star Trek chips, but uh, ah, it, it yes. nearly came down, and I was just like, I've got Sean Ferret, and I was just like, oh my god, I I watched this man on the YouTubes, and he is so funny, and I was like, ah, okay, Sean, that's absolutely brilliant. We'll get through, it and we'll do, it. and yeah, I, I know exactly how you feel because it's it's that level of professionalism that you have to do in the email but the man sending the email is screaming internally and sweating profusely and like <laughs> i need the toilets all that um so yeah <laughs> I, I love it so much because honestly like before we started this episode graham was like are you all right i was like i've been to the toilet three times i'm not nervous at all and it's <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's the 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 guests that you have had on uh, Clone Star. I mean, like I said, I've been I've been speaking to uh, uh, Joseph. Uh, I can I will never ever get his name right. Bless him. I'm so sorry. 
uh, I've been speaking to him and I've I've asked him, you know, I've I've plucked up the courage and I'm like, I really love the podcast. How do you do this? And if you don't ask, you, you don't get anywhere in life. And it's just a case of, yeah. And he's like, he, he was exactly, he was like, you just start from the bottom and you work your way up and you just send emails and you talk to people and you build relationships. And it's for me getting to know you getting to know everyone i've i've spoke to in the which is crazy 13 weeks of doing this it has been wonderful because you you've not met i've not met one gatekeeper i've not met someone who's like ah, cough i don't want to talk to you it's like everyone is wonderful it's a it is like nerdy up north it's a community of people and it's like everyone wants to help everyone. Everyone wants to talk. And they all have a shared love. So there's like a passion to drive the toxicity out of the fandom. And it's yeah. like the the conversations that you have, I've never encountered. I mean, I, obviously, I've known Trekkies all my life. But I've never encountered such passion and positivity and welcomeness from everyone. Because I'm, you know, me and Graham. I mean, I'm a fucking ray of sunshine. I mean, you know, you are yeah, the just putting that out there. you are the most beautiful science officer drag queen I anyone could ever have on their starship. I just I'm loving all of this. I'm loving the loving. He uh, needs a science, science officer drag uniform. queen. Amazing. He needs the uniform, Sean. He needs it. And... We, we were trying to do it where we. I want like a blue science officer uniform, and they don't exist. Apparently, everyone only the, wants the yellow and gold. The so. DS9 uniform. You can only get the really cheap one with the sewn-in con badge. And I'm like, no, it must be perfect for him. You know, you know what's really weird. Like, I never even thought about this, but when you were mentioning it earlier, Goodwill, uh, I was like, why don't I just get the person who makes my drag outfits and be like can you just make me a trek uniform and they'll be like how do you sew trousers again you know and be like okay <laughs> but, you know I, i'm pretty sure they haven't needed to sew trousers in about 30 years but like i'm going that might be a thing i'll be like oh, i'll have this 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 and uh you know science officer uniform i will yeah. get you your pips and your comments you know, so I could, I could, uh, I, I'd probably have a lift, uh, a lift. Yeah, I'll give you a lift. A lift, yeah. um, <laughs> a list to uh, good quality science officer <gasps> uniforms. Really? Yeah. Yes. Um, Send us that. That'd be great. I think I, I have, um, I have the blue. So the DS9 grey. I mm. have the blue undershirt that goes with that. Mm. Um, the, the, the actual grey uniforms are quite hit and miss. Yes. Um, like you can get some re. I was incredibly lucky with the one i now know with the one i got um the voyager blew across the shoulders we've mm -hmm. uh, got that one as well um yeah. and then the tng was oh, let me sort you out with you do you, you talk to me about uniforms I, 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 well that was got that was that, it, that I, was I, the I next question yeah the same shirt for the next the zap brannigan well, no, tribute can, shirt but... that is a great shirt <laughs> it is it is stunning <laughs> I, I want to rub, a, rub him against me and then stick him to the ceiling because that I, shirt will keep him there. It's beautiful. It's it's a, the energy keeping me alive right now. Yes. A gay man in his late 30s. Yeah. <laughs> As a tired man in his mid-30s, your energy is keeping me awake uh, by, by transferred. But that was going to be our next question, Sean, because I think you've got quite a collection of uniforms. Uh, that's a really nice way to say a severe addiction. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so literally, it again, lockdown, uh, I had 
I had two going into lockdown. Now I've got over 30. Um, <gasps> and it, it was just... Yeah. In fact, uh, so today hmm. I went online and the 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 person who supplies them has just released the jackets, the the, the away jackets from Picard season three, and, and the uniform that like Jordy was wearing uh, when they arrive as well. And you're and just like, <laughs> I think I just heard your bank account die, Goodwill. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just that that's like screaming in the background. That's your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the one of the most, the, actually, the most recent one I got. This was a couple of months ago. Was the Strange New Worlds Monster Maroon? <gasps> the, and it's gorgeous. Oh, the Monster Maroon, <laughs> much much like the grey uniform, the Monster Maroon is very hit and miss. Um, fan sets. It's why it's called Monster Maroon. It's because it's so hard to replicate it yeah. for an affordable price. Yeah. Like you can like. You, of course, you can get them, but you're talking mega books. There's a, a, a filmmaker uh, who's a friend of mine, Sam Cockings. He works on Trek Yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he has a basically screen accurate monster maroon. And he told me the price for that. And it is more than the rent I pay on this apartment. I'm pretty sure I've seen him when I was at Birmingham, uh, DST Birmingham. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he wore that on one of the days. And I was like, holy like it, it was dot on like even the com badge was was dot on because the 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 badge is very hard because a lot of people do the mirror you know they, they reflect yeah. it and obviously screen accurate they didn't have that because it was short cameras it was short light and it was like only fan sets are just now mass producing the correct color for that so for him to do that it's like the monster maroon is a is a huge if you get a good one never let it go um, but the the Strange New Worlds variant of that was, oh, it was stunningly done. Little tiny alterations all the way through. It was, and it was, it was so so. Um, again, what? So everyone sometimes asks, like, you know, like you know, oh, Sean, who were you most excited to talk to on the pod? And we're like, you know, yeah, uh, I one of my heroes is Bernadette Croft. Yes, who, she is the costume designer for Strange New Worlds. Mm. And she came on, she did an episode, and we talked about the Monster Maroon. It's like, oh my God, what's going on? So then, okay, a few weeks go by, <laughs> and um, I am to be found of an evening uh, having a, uh, one glass of wine. <laughs> and I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and so I sent, I, sent, I sent her an email and just be like, listen, do you have a spare Monster Maroon? Oh, do you, do you have one? And she was like, no, no, we have <laughs> no idea how difficult these are. I was like, no, no, that's absolutely fine. And then I found one and I literally went, you know, I said to her, email going, you know, uh, and she was gracious enough again not to block me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was just like, ah. but it was just, yeah, like, there's so much good like really good quality cosplay out there. Mm. Um, but also I suppose what's it's really important to say as well that if if you're wearing a t-shirt with a com badge on it, or if you're wearing a monster maroon that sets you back a grand, which is like, oh my God. Mm. It's it doesn't matter. Mm. And I, I'd be the very ones that I'm not <clears throat> rather a lot of money into some eBay pockets. And I love it and it's great. Yeah. But that's because that's what I like to do. It's whatever anyone wants to do. Because I see a lot of people, they they, they worry in the actors. But when it comes to conventions, there is a huge amount of cost that goes into these things. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't need to have 
the screen accurate stuff. You don't need to have the most recent uniform. You know, whatever you do that's cosplay to you, do it. Now, I learned that a few thousand euro later, uh, <laughs> and that's fine. That's great. At least I'm going to be, you know, I still have them for parties. Investments, like Sean, investments. That's what exactly, yeah. exactly. And it is, it is lovely because, again, I, if I put up a picture where I'm wearing a Monster Maroon or if I put up a picture where I have the, the, the T-shirt Kirk wears, go climb a rock, mm. and you get the same kind of love. You get the same yeah. kind of support, and it is so lovely. And it goes back to what you were saying about... The Trek community, I like to think of us, we're like a big family. And like yeah. any family, there's the ones who you will look at each other and you'll be like cats and dogs. <laughs> but you'll still look after each other in your own yeah. way as well. Mm-hmm. There is that sort of support there. And mm-hmm. that is lovely. And then, you know, if there's ever you know, something, we work it out. Yeah. Or we airlock them. It's, it's, you know, it's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely, it, it, it has been wonderful. And it has... I mean, I won't say changed my life. It's it's greatly enhanced it being able to have a platform to share this passion and to get to know uh, people like yourself and just meet all over the world um, just people who are passionate about Star Trek and there is no toxicity about it. People like what they like. People don't like what they like, but they don't like. Ah, you, you shouldn't like that. And whenever you do, you just yeah, block. I don't need that. You don't need that. But... Uh, uh, my next question is obviously, what has been your biggest highlight in the past three years um, since you started at uh, Trek Culture? Possibly getting invited to the Picard premiere. I'm so jealous of you when you did that. <laughs> I I messaged you on Instagram and I was like, you, you, I can't believe. I thought you I was jealous of me. So yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, that was it was. It was so unexpected, mm. um, and you know, it was myself and Chris. We got to go. It was, it was the Chinese theater. Yeah, like, like was my first time that far west. Really? Um, yeah, and and I, I learned the hard way. Apparently, when you go to the desert, wear sun cream. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As a ginger, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had a mate come back from holiday and they didn't follow that rule and they were lobster by day two. And you're like, <laughs> rookie error. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, I, I have, you know, uh, Michelle Hurd was so kind. She was like, yeah, of course I'll take a picture with you. And I'm just like, oh, I've got that one. photo running across the banner <laughs> on our video. And oh, the, no. your face, it's just like, <laughs> I have arrived. And I, I, get that because when i did that with brent spino like can i have a photo he's like yeah and i'm just like ah, i've arrived and it if but it's the joy you can you can see in your face that that is your happy place you are you are among people jesse um who i i i adore i absolutely adore and just the overall overwhelming positivity um, because obviously we saw your videos that you put up and you were like, oh, we've seen the first two episodes of Cars. We're not going to say anything. And then mm. Jesse's like, it's a jump the shark moment. And she's <laughs> like, spoiler. <laughs> and uh, but but the the love that everyone had and just, just seeing your face. I mean, going to Vasquez Rocks, you, you have to if you're there and you're a Trekkie, you have to go to Vasquez Rocks. It was it was just like. It was just cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
you know, kind of, uh, and it was, and also this is, sorry, this is, I have to tell you this story. So it was myself and Chris, um, a very good friend, Matt, um, who was so kind hmm. and drove us. Um, so we were just like, Matt, we love you so much. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, I digress. So we get there, hmm. right? And it's a little bit outside of the city. Uh, so it's about 40, 45 minutes yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and so we get there and then, you know, we're, we're, we're driving in and there are, you know, you're kind of like parking attendants. Like, hey, how's it going? And they say, you know, are you here for the convention or are you here for the rocks? And we're like, well, the rocks. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, no problem. And away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Grant, you know, thinking it's quiet convention. All right. So yeah. off we go. We do our videos. We do our, you know, I'm getting redder and redder and redder. <laughs> get back in the car and as we're driving out we then see there's a giant sign for the star wars convention that was taking place just <laughs> over the hill and we were like of course of, of, of course it is because because why wouldn't it be why wouldn't there be a star wars convention at the vasquez rocks on the day that we get just to, just like by pure what are the odds irony of all ah. of all things but uh, yeah i i was so <laughs> I was I was so happy for you because we could you know everyone could see how happy you were to be there but I was, I was just so jealous of you because I was just like I because I'm like I've been there and I'm like I want to go again well I am going again but it's like to be so lucky to be in the Chinese theater with the cast uh, of Picard to see this yeah it, I can't I just can't imagine how you felt it it was it's literally like what what you saw on screen was just like Kind of like, I can't believe I'm here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we we have. I just really, really want to say it is directly thanks to Terry Metalis and Dave Blass that myself and Chris got to go. Um, and like, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's just. I mean, thankfully, it's just, just be grateful. Just mm -hmm. be grateful. It, it, this could all end tomorrow. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, like any, anything could happen. People could people could realize Star Trek's not real. And be like, ah, we'll watch something else. You know, like this yeah. this could it's all not... end tomorrow. Always, <laughs> always try and just be like, just be grateful for the experiences you get. Um, and because you know, who who knows? You know, I, maybe you I know. think though that's why we need to celebrate Terry Metalis for Picard season three, because that's the that's the bolt of lightning that just basically goes, There's life in Trek. Like, you know, it's the fact of the reaction to it has been so overwhelmingly positive that like the idea of Star Trek Legacy, not not as the specific show, but the what it represents is perfectly tangible now. Whereas a couple of years ago, like I, you know, you should have seen me on the podcast after we'd got Changelings, like as a DS9 stan, as soon as Changelings appeared in it, I was just like, <gasps> we lost I, our know, shit. I didn't even have this on my bingo card because I thought it was so what i wanted but what i wasn't going to get and now yeah. the sky's the limit you know and that is it's amazing that we're in this zone now but also um sorry <laughs> no 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 it's it's, it's don't, don't be sorry um <laughs> also sean you are an author and you have done a couple of books uh you've done uh shadow in the stars mm -hmm. and down to the bridge tell us about them uh, one took an awful lot longer to, to write than the <laughs> um, Yes, uh, so um, Down to the Bridge, I wrote between 
it was between 2009 and I think I finished it in 2012. Mm. Um, and it is very much like I had written a lot of short fiction before that. Um, and none of it published. Uh, but like, you know, because it's very, very hard to get published. Good yeah. luck to everyone who who, who is trying, mm. honest, yeah. honestly. I uh, hope everyone who is writing, get used to the word no and never let it put you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you will, you, you so that's just, I'm, I'm sure that that's old advice at this stage, but yeah. So yeah, so I was writing it, um, lovely fun topic because, uh, you know, funny thing happened in 2008, um, the finance fell out of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of wrote like, right, what happens if this never gets better? You know, yeah. what, what would the world look like? Um, and, uh, it did, it didn't look very shiny in the book. I'm not going to lie. No. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not exactly um kind of comedy and roses hmm. um because anyway i was you know coming out of my teens it was angsty you know of course yeah. that's what we did. and yes i finally finished that um and part of the kicker for that was that in 2010 i started and yeah 2010 2011 i did my master's in creative writing hmm. so part of that was part of my thesis i was like right write some stuff <laughs> I've written quite a bit. What would you like? <laughs> uh, so that was a good kicker to get that finished. Um, then, of course, nothing happens for a couple of years because writing is incredibly tiring. Mm. Um, and then I learned about uh, National Novel Writing Month, uh, NaNoWriMo. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It is, I, I it, used to try and do that and never got very far, but... <laughs> it's, it, it's incredible because one of the get out the tiny little violin, one of the loneliest jobs in the world is writing. Yeah. Um, because sort, it doesn't have to be, but sort of by its nature, it's a solo venture. Um, obviously, there's many exceptions to that rule. But so but when you do something like that, when you sort of deliberately you lock yourself into a community, all of whom are doing the same thing as you at that time as well, that's a, that's a, a, a big thing. That itself is a huge boost of energy hmm. so where it took me three years to write down to the bridge i wrote shadows and the stars in a month <laughs> you know got it done uh now that might show in the difference of quality yeah i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> yeah i mean like you know i think I, I i wrote the history of the next hundred years for down to the bridge uh you know for shadows and the stars i went what if wolves looked like crocodiles <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was there was a bit of that going on, uh, but I had I had I probably had more fun writing Shadows and the Stars mm-hmm. um, because there was that community. Because it was this was in my early usage of Twitter. I was like, oh, there are other people in the world that yeah. like things that I like. Yeah, uh, and this was at a time when you could go on Twitter and not be hate crimed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember that time. I can't remember that time. <laughs> well, it is, it is a fading memory. It is yeah. a fading memory, mm-hmm. but uh, there's some of us who will keep the candle lit, mm-hmm. you know, the even plan. when you've got, even when you've got like, you know, kind of certain billionaires who are, you know, screaming, didn't I light that candle? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, uh, but yeah, guys, uh, links to Sean's books are in the description below. So please, please go check them out. Um, thank you very straight much. Straight down in there. We do have some fan questions for you, Sean, um, because we've we've got some fans of of Sean Ferrick and Trek culture in the nerdy group. I am really glad you reached out to my mum. Like, thank you very much. I, Hi, I, Sean I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not a fan. 
Uh, <laughs> hi, my mom. Hi, fair, my dad. Enough that you got one parent who tolerates it, you know. Yeah, my 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 poor dad watches everything. Bless him. I don't know why. Uh, so yeah. Uh, first, hi, Goodwill's dad. Yeah, hi, hi. Uh, so the first, hi. well, the first fan question. I'm going to be very selfish because uh, the first one is from me. Uh, <laughs> where do you see the future of Star Trek going? Uh, television. Television and streaming. I think. Um, I don't think the era of movies is done. Mm. I just think it does so much better mm. on the small screen. Well, now it looks on the small screen. It looks as good as it ever did on the big screen. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Long form. Long form. I think yeah. will be good. Uh, even with these, um, you know, special movie events like Section Thirty One, you know, let's let's keep them streaming. Yeah. I that that is where yeah. I would like to see because I think it's easier to flesh out a story mm-hmm. um and you know to give it room to breathe um all of the shows at the moment are doing it their own way you've got the real episodic nature of prodigy and lower decks and strange new worlds even when they mm-hmm. still have their arcs you've got then their you know the serialized discovery and picard and of course it remains to be seen how i i sort of have in my head that starfleet academy will be episodic but i've no it we, no one knows yet mm-hmm. um but I think that's where Star Trek has always done best. Yeah. So yeah. that's where that's where I think it will go. This, like, you know, th- we'll come off the recording and it'll be like, Star Trek 14 has been confirmed. And, <laughs> you know, everyone is back. And I mean everyone. You've got Chris Pine. William Shatner's back for this as well, you know? DeForest Kelly is back. How? Robots. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the bizarre thing in your, uh, in the video, the track culture video where you were speculating upon kirk actually coming back and how they do it and obviously personally i think it would be the de-aging thing i think they would be full mark hamill in mandalorian where it's like voice made to sound a bit more like it was Mm. and you know uh de-aged and stuff but i think we'd be we'd be great with that i think we have seen from the roddenberry vault the roddenberry archives just how good they can it's, I mean that that's it's makeup, but Spock in that short video when he's on Viridian Three, because a lot of people will go, that's CGI, that's that, and they're like, no, no, it's just bloody good makeup and a little bit here and a little bit there, and I was like, holy shit, this is a studio making a YouTube video that has done something that looks like a major motion picture. Like, and, it's, it's incredible. Sure, yeah, we, we, we covered that one. I was like, you know, look at the good CGI. Look at the AI. It's incredible. And then it was like, literally after, it's like, hold on. Full correction here. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, that is, it's makeup. Yeah, there's a little bit of CGI help going on. But, yeah. I mean, that is primarily makeup. And that is just like, to me, Literally. I was watching that going like, Leonard Nimoy <laughs> lives again for at least the length of this video. And that was just like right there yeah. right where the heart should be that's where i felt that absolutely that that absolutely blew me away but no that's that's a, a, an excellent answer to that we've got a question from uh becca from uh who are oh, bless her she she has um she runs her own little group called obsidian fleet um oh, brilliant name. so she says do you consider beta and other canon to be just as important as alpha canon Yes. So that's, yeah, as, yeah. as we mentioned earlier on, now sometimes 
they they won't cross over or they'll contradict each other for for me that makes it no less important yeah. because there are episodes of star trek that we wish were just erased we've mentioned code of honor you know <laughs> um i prophet and lace started from a good place and yeah. then it just it was just handled everyone involved just talks about how we just executed the whole thing wrong Siddig um, never directed again he but really it did. gave us Sluggo mm. Cola. Let's never it forget. It gave us Sluggo Cola. Exactly. Like this episode, like that. but then, so then when you look at, you know, I think the Destiny trilogy is an incredible story. Um, and like, if you are looking for another mini series, make Destiny. Yeah. It's brilliant. It will completely contradict Picard. It will. <laughs> probably contradict what we got in discovery as well you, you know what i mean but like let's do a star trek what if series do you yeah. know what i mean i, I yeah and multiverse that, that, yeah exactly multiverse you know technically we've already started the multiverse we have the mirror universe since mm -hmm. the original series yeah. and the kelvin universe yeah. you know so it's not like it would be a new thing um and i love the way beta is kind of slipping in the alpha canon star trek prodigy the brie car they yeah. were introduced in the novels and now we have rock talk who is just brilliant you know <laughs> things like this um and i mean I've, I've i've said this many times i'll say it again i am not a like complete another slave to canon i am not going to say to somebody you are wrong if you are if you go by absolute canon of course i'm not because it's not anyone's place to say that to anyone else like Okay, the Enterprise has been completely redesigned for strange new worlds. Yeah, I really like the original yeah. design. It's it's beautiful. It's great, and it worked really well in the sixties. You know, and that's not a disparaging comment. Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah. we have to think. Like people make the uh, uh, the um, comparison with In a Mirror Darkly from Enterprise, and of course with Trouble with Tr uh, Trials of Tribulation, sorry, for DS Nine. Yeah. yeah, this was so much fun and it was lovely for the novelty. Yeah. And honest to God, can you tell me that you can imagine a full series being done on that set today? Hmm. It just you know, instantaneously dated when you and, look and, at it. And that would be it, you know? Like, yeah. well, I think what they've done is they've done a great kind of crossover that way. But yeah, so yeah. In, 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 like, if there is a story in beta canon that completely contradicts something in Alpha Canon or something has subsequently come out of Alpha Canon that contradicts said story. I'm, I'm like, okay. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy that as much as, as I did before um, or or that it's any less important. Maybe we can look at it as a multi-worlds kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe, who knows? I but mean, yeah. like we've already seen, like, like you say, in the... Uh... Trials and Tribulations, I think it is, but it's the idea of the Klingon ridges. It's the fact of even when you get a solid wall of we cannot explain this, you can still kind of jokerly go, and that's a thing, you know. It's yeah, it's it's acknowledging, you know, it's it's sort of a tongue in cheek that well, the real reason was makeup, cost, money, but we'll just say, yeah. oh, we don't talk about it wink and it's like but they did i mean the way they did it in season four of enterprise where they were like ah it's because of the augments and they injected this and it's like okay that's kind of a cool reason to justify why they didn't have money for makeup back in the 60s so it's like yeah that that's 
absolutely brilliant. But no, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you because if you look at Picard, um, even from Star Trek Online, they brought ships from Star Trek Online because Dave Lass mm. was like, we need ships. People moaned about the end of season one. Who does a lot of ships? Oh, Star Trek Online. So the Enterprise F, uh, the the Edison class, and and the uh, oh good grief, I have to have a look at my the, ships. The Gagarin, Gagarin, Pathfinder, Pathfinder uh, the Voyager B, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's like yeah, they brought them in. So it, I think as well, the people who adore the Beta Canon and and love those games, they're like, I think it's it's lovely for them because they're like, oh, this thing I loved is now proper canon and it's mm. wonderful and like oh i actually have that ship in the game or i really love this race that was in this book that's now canon i mean you look at robert april robert april was only in the animated series and for the longest time they were like that's not canon but then discovery were like show me the former captains robert april and then he appeared in strange new worlds and everyone was like brilliant like there's so much resources that they, they can use in those um in that media you, you never need to to invent anything else really but uh um, funny, yeah. yeah can i can i read the next question out Google? yes absolutely okay cool the, with, this is a question from jake who is a wonderful member of our nordic nerdy up nordy up north nordic nordic up north nordic well actually he's got the hair for it it'll work he's, but he's, um yeah he's yeah, very so jesus -like. I'm gonna try and read this in his voice so i might get the pronunciation a bit oh, wrong no. jake so sorry but um Hello, my name is Jake. Is there any race in Star Trek you feel deserved more screen time to be developed? I am a big fan. Thank you. I think that was accurate. It really wasn't. <laughs> First of all, can I just say, Jake, I love your voice. And um, never never let anyone tell you any different. Um, Species 8472. <gasps> yeah. Uh, I think um, not only were they... A Fantastic. They were on our poll for Picard. I was like, imagine if the villain for Picard season three was Species Eight Four Seven Two. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm glad they weren't because I'm just, I'm really glad we got what we got. But um, I think there's absolutely, you know, it's time for them to return. Also, because they did a great job at the time for the money they had, mm -hmm. they looked really good. Terrifying. We've now had twenty years. Yeah. to work on cgi and to, to make things work you know more cost effectively so i would love to see that i don't i don't need to see a big redesign just do the exact same do that design yeah with 2023 graphics um i'm sure someone online has probably done that already i know they're in star trek online as well so you know um as the undine the Undine, yes. Uh, I, I always love that, though. It was the idea of, like, we just happily call them Species 8472, and you're like, and they're like, we have a name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that the episode where one of them jumps out and attacks Harry Kim, to this day, I vividly remember nearly filling my pants at that jump scare because you, as a kid, you, look, you, you know, Star Trek's you safe spit and then this mm. thing jumps out and you're like Hur! and it just everything leaves your body at that one jump scare and i was like oh my and it was so for the 90s so terrifying so... it was like that was as close to horror i yeah. think as voyager had got certainly to that point also 
massive shout out to Jay Chataway's score for that episode. I still catch myself humming that theme. Yeah. You know, dun, 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 dun. It's like, ah, three, you're fucked. Sorry. Don't worry about swearing. You're absolutely... <laughs> I've already broken the seal, to be fair. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to read the the last question? <laughs> in that same voice. Um who's this from? It doesn't say who it's from. Uh this one It's just a fan. This one from is me. from the cult leader himself. Whoa. We call him a cult leader but he never gets us to drink the punch. He tries but he never gets it. Um this is from <laughs> the lovely can't afford the trainers. That's yeah, why. yeah. This is the this is the person who runs um owns and has many sleepless nights about nerdy up north. This is from Paul himself the lovely paul uh hi paul uh, do you want to read that one out yeah, yeah um uh, the borg one yes yeah cool so okay sean what is the worst race that the borg could assimilate from any franchise so it doesn't need to be trek oh mm. um... yeah from from like a <laughs> This is really surreal. No, um, my little pony, surely there's got to be <laughs> my little borgie. Autobots would be a bit like oh, you damn. know, a bit scary. Imagine a Borg Optimus Prime coming at you, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> or, uh, or, or or what else? We got actually any fucking I don't know, like Sauron. Uh, you know, imagine they get that kind of power. Got the you size know, of the laser on the side on of his board. eye. That would be unbelievable. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, or the, um, the aliens from Alien. That would be... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that must exist on the internet somewhere, must, on DeviantArt somewhere. I'm certain there is, in the comic book world at least, I'm certain there is an Aliens Star Trek crossover. There's uh, been a Doctor Who there, one. There, there has been, there has been a doctor. Time Lords, that will actually, oh my god, Borg with the ability to, I was going to say, will regenerate, which they do anyway, but like, <laughs> re-regenerate, you know? Yeah. Terrifying. Daleks, oh my god, oh my god. no, I'm going to stop Borg there. Queen turns into Matt Smith. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love that. I would actually love that. Uh, we do have uh, one final quick question for you, Sean. What, or which character... Would you least like to be trapped in a shuttle pod with? Um. Okay, go O'Brien. It has to be. Vedic Burial. He was about as exciting as gone off milk. Wow. So you were just yeah. opening the airlock. And they tried to make him <laughs> sexy, and I was like, I'm, I'm just not. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm uh, permission to make a somewhat seedy joke. Granted. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm from Ireland. The idea of a sexy priest just doesn't really work for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, sorry, Barile. Nothing against Philip Anglum, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, if I'm stuck in Shuttlepod One, I turn around and you know, I, I hear you know, walk with the prophets. I'm like, okay, fly with the space. <laughs> I have to say though, I do love the fact that Vedic Burial wins over Ty Win. You know, like as in at least she'd be interesting. I, yeah. I, I, I do you know what I mean? Like, because you'd never really know what's coming next with her. Whereas with him, you know exactly what's coming. Endless next. judgment yeah. and passive aggression. 
Can, can, can I? Can you be on the shuttle pod after the full brain transfer thing? You know, like after the full. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, just be like, okay, cool. That's a bit more tolerable. But uh... oh. brain, brain, what is brain? <laughs> what a wonderful way to end. I, before I want to ask about, I want to ask um, questions though, because I want to bring up the fact of obviously, like, you know, I I just want to express like how great it is that like with um, like, you know, like like you were saying about Buffy and whatnot, it's the fact of as a gay person, we were kind of limited by what we could actually kind of enjoy in terms of stuff. Like obviously, there was a lot of stigma attached to being a Trekkie in the '90s, anyway. But it did feel like you were like, oh, you get charmed and you get Buffy. That's the only thing you can be nerdy about as a gay person, pretty much. Maybe Angel. Um, but like, and then the idea of there being like gay Trekkies is absolutely amazing. I mean, there's a, there's a convention for it. Well, not just Trekkies, but sci-fi. Yeah. And I find that absolutely amazing. And I'm really enjoying being able to sort of be open and also be a massive nerd, <laughs> you know? It, 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 like, I, if you, you're so right. There was, there, there was a time that was quite a long time, in fact, where, you know, being a Trekkie, it's it's funny. Being a Trekkie was almost akin to, you know, it's something you kept you kept inside. You know, yes, you, you, yeah. it was it was a you thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we didn't, you know, there the community it was there, mm -hmm. but people of a certain age we didn't have access to it. You mm -hmm. know, um, and then you know you'd hear about conventions, but oh, that was in America. You know, that yeah. was that was over there. Like we mm -hmm. we don't get to do that, um, and then. We get things like like Buffy. Um, I although I I'm well aware of Charmed. I I didn't I didn't jump on the Charmed. Same. I, I never watched it, and it's too late now. It's it's like I've never seen Stargate, and everyone tells me I should, and then they're yes. like, it's only twelve seasons, and you're like, it's, it's, <laughs> it is worth. And Star sorry, I like watched Stargate as it was coming out. It has beautifully dated. Like it's mm -hmm. just like some of those first seasons are like wow, <laughs> and I love it still. I love it still. Yeah. But yeah, then like you know it was to have something as as a gay or queer questioning person you know it was it, yeah it was like, like you know, what you, you had adult shows which again for for someone of a certain age like you know we didn't get to enjoy that because we were too young and you know there yeah. were some shows that were being made for adult only audiences probably with them knowing well it's only going to air after a certain time so and then you get ds9 rejoined yeah and, and and although it made mistakes tng the outcast yeah you yeah. know there was there was uh, and, and and things like that um and you're like did did, did, did star trek hear me when <laughs> i was when I, when I was wishing really hard did, yeah. did, did they hear me? Um, I mean, they was... heard me when they had the outrageous Okano in it, but... Um, oh, well, that, yes, yes. Yeah, that yeah. was... Wow. Like, yeah. I still find it difficult to watch that episode. Not because it's not good, but, you know... Um, tangent. So that's going to appear <laughs> yeah. on the Dabble Wheel next week. <laughs> God, can you imagine? I'd just be like, well... Yeah. So, put, you know, put the sheets how, how many takes did it get to get through that episode? Uh, seven. <laughs> going back from <laughs> and I broke my arm anyway okay that's awful hey good luck recovering from that goodwill <laughs> any more questions 
<laughs> Please? Yeah. Anything? Uh, <laughs> okay, how do I segue? Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to ask about villains, though, because obviously we joke about Keiko O'Brien being a villain and stuff like that. And obviously, I DS9 is my favorite series, but it's the fact of mainly because it has amazing villains, it has amazing arcs, and this it gives time to the villains. Like, sort of, Voyager doesn't, kind of. Voyager has, like, Seska, and then it kind of goes, oh, well, she's dead now. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, it's the Borg, but then in for, like, four episodes. Whereas DS9 has these lingering threats throughout the whole thing, like, the way that the Borg kind of are in TNG. Like, but who's your favourite villain throughout all of Trek? Dukat. Like, who? Straight Dukat. Yeah. Yeah, easy. There's, There's no... For me, like, if, if I'm ever given a right, the greatest villains of Trek, he will come in at number one. And it's for pretty much the exact reason you said it. We had time with him. Yes. Yeah. Um, we saw we saw multiple facets and we saw how amazingly Marco Limo played him. But also by the time we get to season six, Waltz and he goes full like, right, yeah. this is it. This is my true face. It's so earned that it's it's it, it's quite. It, I don't think it's an underrated episode, but I think it is a moment that doesn't get talked about enough. When yeah. he goes, "If it was up to me, I would have burned Bajor to the ground." Yeah, um, and it was just like seeing like, that face come yeah, back from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you cannot. You know, at no point from that point on can you go. I can still find something in this character, whereas. Torazial was the one thing up until obviously her death that maybe, maybe while he was still had signed up with the Dominion, you know, still was, you know, let's rule the upper quadrant. You thought maybe he's got that little bit of emotion in him. Something could come back. And then, no, she was actually his last tether to anything that we would remotely call good. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So for me, it is Goldicott. Mark Alimo, um the greatest villain in Star Trek. Um, mostly followed by Space Karen. <laughs> Space Karen. Well, that's the thing. It's, it, but it, I, I think it's wonderful, though, that we actually get like the two... Because my favourite villain is Wayun, but it's because he's the total opposite kind of evil to Dukat, where he is literally not an evil person, but he's like, here's this task I've got to do. I will do it in the most clinical way. And obviously, you get that discussion where he's just like, oh, well, the first thing we should do is totally kill everyone on Earth. And then that'll weaken the Federation. And then Dukat obviously is like, like, no, 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 you need the the whole point is that they understand your greatness. And it's this total difference in like what they you know, and it tells you so much about Dukat and it tells you so much about Weyun. And it's amazing that they're interacting together, you know, rather than we never get to see what the Borg Queen would think of Dukat. We never get to see what like Sesco would think of like Space Karen, you know. I, 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 that's one thing. Like, Seska is a great missed opportunity. Yes. Um, and I know, like, I could go in, I could spend another hour talking on things that started well and ended with a damp squib, which is, I mean, I know Kess, Martha Kess Hackett, entire like, <laughs> run on the show. Although yeah. that final episode was amazing, to be fair. Um, the Fury or the Gift? Uh, Fury. I, I really liked Fury. We, we should talk offline because I like that you like Fury. Fury yeah. is, again, it made its mistakes, mm-hmm. but I think Fury gets a bit too harsh of reviews sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, the, Star Trek has a load of great villains. They don't always get room <laughs> to breathe. Yeah. But they it has a load of great villains. And there was some bloke who was on this is City Alpha Five. I don't know. Okay, Con. Someone. Con. Con. Yeah, Con. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Co. No. He had a banging chest. That's all. Uh, that's very true. Yeah, he, yeah, he did yeah. have a, a banging chest. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually, I absolutely agree with Ducat because he had time to be fleshed out, and then the the mask comes off once that snap has happened, and then you actually, it, it, it's it's rewarding yet terrifying to see a character that's been there for six years and you know, you think you know them. And then it's like, mm. Oh shit. Like he is truly terrifying. Like he will, he does not care about it. He will exterminate an entire planet and he will show no remorse, no emotion at all in the process. And it was such, it, it was, yeah, it, it's a villain where, Unlike Khan, where, yes, there's a motive for it, yes, because he's genetically enhanced, but Ducat was like, he is just evil. But he wants to be acknowledged for his greatness of being evil. And yeah. he justifies everything him to himself as well. Because he, he can't even blame upbringing. He can't even be like, oh, well, that's Cardassian society because we have a good examples of Cardassian society. Yeah. Like, um, Kira's like fake dad i forget the name but you know like but you're just going wow there are good people here and yeah ducat's like oh well what, what was i expected to do to do and it's like be better <laughs> not be a twat yeah <laughs> it was it was the megalomania like you had you had the Anabrantanes who were bad yeah. yeah but they weren't destroy the galaxy bad but we you know, know. <laughs> well, that we, yeah, exactly. Actually, who knows that he could be the one that blew up the romulan sun he could have just left it there for a second you know kind of ah oh, well listen that'll be one way of ensuring they don't <laughs> fail me and blowing up the founder's home world that was blame, cool. <laughs> blame <pain. laughs> yeah but um no i i mean any any other questions greb no no i'm sorry uh, i i I, I could talk forever, I'm afraid. We we really, we I, really. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah I'm right. <laughs> we yeah. we really could. I, I mean, but I think that's so good. Like, it's the fact of I'm so glad that this podcast came out of me and you being randomly on one of the uh, Nerdy Up North podcasts, and then being like, oh, we both like Trek, and then realizing that when the ball gets started, it's like the juggernaut. It's like this perpetual motion machine yeah. of just being, oh, but how about this? How about this? And you're like, I can't talk anymore because my body is shutting down. You know, like let's. Also, you can you know, do three more episodes. Up. Cool. Let's keep going. <laughs> but no, um, Sean, thank you so so much for for coming on to Star Trek, and you have no idea how much it means to me, means to Graham, means to everyone at Nerdy Up North. Uh, you have made my year um, doing this. You are an absolute pleasure, and I, I want you back on because I just feel I can just talk to you for hours about all things Trek and Battlestar. If I ever do a Battlestar podcast, I need you on. Yeah. Um, I, want, I, just, I, I, I want to be on another episode because I have to sit there and go, all of this has happened before and, and it will happen again. Happen again, so <laughs> say we all. Okay, how about, how about if we roll Code of Honor for the Dabo wheel? How about I just create... That'll soften the blow. It'll basically... You, you oh. being like, oh, God, it's this one. But then we'll also be like, oh, we can get Sean. <laughs> I'm just going to create a new series called Battlestarring with Nerdy Up North. 
and the the great thing of it it's going to be tw- it's going to be like 12 episodes and then it's just going to start again because that's the cycle of time so it'll just be the same thing again and again and at the end everything will just get nuked because that's just how it all ends but um, no if if we ever do a Battlestar Galactica episode Sean I would absolutely love to talk to you about that because it needs it needs love it needs recognition and we have a whole host of nerds that we need to sit down and go please watch it and appreciate perfection so but no i'm, I'm absolutely over the moon with that guys this has been uh, star trekking with nerdy up north it has been an absolute hoot and a half i cannot tell you how buzzing i am I don't think I'm going to sleep for the rest of the week now. Next week, me and the lovely science officer Sinoid will be reviewing the Voyager episode flashbacks, which the double wheel of episodes decided. Another link to Picard. Which is crazy. Another link to Picard. Another link to Picard. Although I was watching Voyager the other day, and wow, Tuvok is one of the best characters in all of like trek for me he is so good and it's this perfect example of a fan just nailing it you know tim russ but, is yeah, sorry, that's my yeah. tim russ fangirl moment well he is but, you he, know, he is I'm seeing huge... him in picard and being like the, yeah. the character i wasn't expecting but i'm so happy that yeah here. so guys we'll be reviewing that next week so the the shelf of mild bankruptcy will not change because we have to have the excelsior on show <laughs> um i might have to change the batteries though it's looking a bit dim um but yeah, so we'll be reviewing that next week. Guys, in the description below, it's going to be absolutely huge. You can follow Sean Ferrick on Twitter. We've got what culture, we've got Trek culture, we've got who culture. <gasps> we have got the Velvet Snatch himself. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, daddy. <laughs> um, you can follow Sinoise at the Velvet Snatch, the girl podcast. It's all going to be below. Yeah. If... That's crazy, isn't it? Like, And also um, Twitch. So, uh, oh, it's all Twitch. down there, um, darling. It's all down there. I don't there. know. I don't know what you've put in it, babe. I don't. It could be anything. Well, that shows how you don't look at our videos, then, doesn't I it? Well, you know, I don't, I don't really Good do grief. a visual medium anymore. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> we have got Cyanide's uh, Twitch. We've got the Velvet Snatch. We've got the Girl Podcast in there. Please, he is one of the hardest working people in the northeast of England. He doesn't sleep. He regenerates in an alcove. I'm convinced <laughs> of this. There is a ball. That suggests I have high technology in my house, and I don't. No, I'm using no. Like a five-year-old TV. It's. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we we might have to get poor Chris uh, into this alcove if it's in Newcastle, just in case, um, because bless him. Um, I, I, I felt like said, "Do you want some Greggs?" But uh, if you want to follow, what do you mean? If you should follow nerdy up north on everything below we have a wonderful facebook community where we pride ourselves on taking the toxicity out of fandoms we have just been uh recently featured in a, a local Sund- sunderland paper and lo- uh, local media we've been on the bbc don't you know the uh, bbc the bbc the bubba the bubba uh, with the the wonderful sammy um we are on facebook as a community facebook as a page Obviously, we have a YouTube. If you haven't already, smash that like button. I hate saying that. Why did I say that? Smash that like button. Please, please just touch, caress, breathe on the like button if you don't (laughs) mind. Subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. The tiniest little things that you do, guys, do help out the channel. Um, We are nearly, I think we're nearly at 1,300 subscribers, which is just... 
It's insane. It, it's too many. It's I too keep many. saying it. We need a cull. We need some kind of. We need a some plug. kind of like you know battle royale between them. That's what we need. Yes, of course. We also. This is have... I'm not allowed to make decisions. <laughs> we also have the Nerdy Up North Twitter page, um, which uh, I run uh, with Paul. So if it's me, come and say hello. I'll be like hi. I'm I'm the Trekkie. Uh, I also have my own Twitter, uh, Goodwill None. Um, I also Twitch as well. I should be Twitching <laughs> next week That's if I've been sat down too long. Goodwill. I've been sat down too long. I had a break this week, but uh, I will be back on Twitch next week, continuing my Uncharted playthrough with my unicorn hat and many many inappropriate redeemables. So, God help me through that episode, guys. Thank you so much for today, Graham. Sean, you've... Oh, I love you both. I will <laughs> see everyone next week for the next episode of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. Take care, everyone. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye.